BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. WQAD Podcast Network. The Cities with Jim Mertens, a production of WQPT, PBS for the Quad Cities region, a podcast in partnership with WQAD. What's going on in the Quad Cities? Activities, events, fun, politics, sports, local issues and opinions. And now, your host, Jim Mertens. I'm Jim Mertens, and this is The Cities. Now, when you think of the 4-H, you think of kids learning about crops and livestock, or let's say participating in fair competitions, right? But focusing on racial injustice and disparities? The Illinois 4-H leadership says the racial justice demonstrations it saw last summer spurred the organization to intensify its own commitment to address existing racism and disparities in its own program. Dr. Lisa Diaz leads the University of Illinois Extension's 4-H program that serves nearly 200,000 children and young adults across the state. We talked with her at her offices in Champaign. Why is the 4-H concerned in something like racial disparities? Well, Jim, I think to start, we are a program that, as part of the University of Illinois, has always been committed to serving all the youth across Illinois, across the diverse communities that represent the state. We have a network of about 150 staff doing that work and nearly 20,000 volunteers. So the, the relevance of this topic to us is really around recognizing that while we have an aspiration to serve all youth, that we're aware that it's a part of a 100 plus year youth organization that we have um, done a really good job of serving and tailoring what we offer to a certain population of youth in the state and that we have uh, a lot of hard work still to do in figuring out how to be as equally relevant and connected to um, other audiences that we haven't historically served. The rallies that we saw last summer, uh, the demonstrations for uh, racial justice that you saw last summer, actually made the Illinois 4-H look internally right now to find out if it's doing things correctly. Absolutely, and I. Uh, this is work that we've been doing for the last several years as we have made resource decisions to intentionally grow our 4-H staff in urban communities, for instance. Uh, we have also created new job roles for bicultural, bilingual staff in communities where we have that growing youth population. But we have become increasingly aware that, as I said earlier, if we want to reach our aspiration of inclusion and opportunity for all young people, we need to really stop and do the honest work, the hard work of recognizing the ways in which our program is getting in the way of that aspiration, of the ways that maybe even unintentionally 
there is exclusion and discrimination against those very audiences that we're seeking to serve. So this is a very relevant and, and work for us to be doing. I think it is interesting because when you think of uh, uh, racial issues, you do think of urban areas more than rural areas. You really see it as a major issue of importance uh, for the farm community. Absolutely. This is this is not unique to our urban communities. We also know that Illinois, like the whole country, is seeing demographic changes. Our rural communities are not as homogeneous as they might have been at one point. But also, I think from a youth development perspective, our commitment in 4-H is to prepare youth with those life skills that they need to successfully navigate in, contribute to, participate in a world that is is connected. And so issues of race, racism, engaging with people from varied backgrounds are all part of that skill set that we recognize youth, regardless of where they're growing up, are going to need in their future. What is the reach out as far as, let's say, more, more black farmers is concerned? I mean, it, agriculture is such an interesting industry right now. There are so many different aspects to agriculture, as you well know. Mm -hmm. um, and, and there's so many opportunities for, for all types of children uh, of all types of interests. Yeah, and and I don't know that from from you know my lens as a youth development professional that I can speak as directly to the um, minority farmers in Illinois and their number and so forth. I certainly have colleagues in the University of Illinois Extension, and then as part of our College of Agriculture, um, Consumer and Environmental Sciences at the university. Those, uh, that's work and audiences that I know that they are committed to serving. Within 4-H, again, we're always about trying to encourage youth to set goals for themselves. A big part of what we do is exposing them to new career paths, to new areas that they might not have otherwise encountered. And agriculture is certainly one of those. While we know that some of the kids uh, that we serve around the state have grown up in more ag visible communities or families, there are others who think agriculture is that thing that if I'm not on a plow in the field doesn't relate to me. But we know that food connects us all, that food systems cross urban and rural contexts, and that there are a diverse and growing number of careers connected to the larger agriculture and food systems. So in 4-H, we certainly are working hard to try to connect youth across urban and rural communities to share around those topics like food production and food access that really connect us. Let's talk about the last year and the pandemic when it comes to uh, 4-H and, and youth in agriculture. It really was an interesting year, but it also really underlined that farmers and people in our food production industry are indeed essential workers. Absolutely, absolutely. I think the past year has 
um, made us more reflective as a country and as communities, as individuals. There are a lot of things that we took for granted that have been disrupted. And um, I think there's a lot of positive to that that we can build on in terms of the increased awareness by everyone of, of the critical role that agriculture plays in 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 all of our lives and so that's that's a momentum and a visibility and awareness that i expect will continue to build on in the future and when we look at kids and what they missed out in the last year you think of 4-h you think of the county fairs you think of the statewide sure. competition it was a very tough year last year Unquestionably, uh, so many disappointments and um, challenges. I have to just say in my role, it has been equally uplifting to see how quickly and consistently the 4-H community has rallied together to give grace to one another, even when there's disappointment, when there's a limbo of not knowing what's coming next and changes, disruptions to traditions that we've always looked forward to in the summer. I am proud to say that in Illinois 4-H, we were able to successfully move 444 of our uh, summer events, those fairs, competitions, exhibit opportunities that our youth have always looked forward to, we were able to successfully adapt those to an online format. And I know in sharing with some of my peers in other states that they didn't have that same opportunity. And so we're really grateful that took a, a whole community coming together to make that shift and uh, we're, we're hopeful that uh, we'll be able to start stepping back into face-to-face -face opportunities uh, in the near future. I was going to ask you that next because I, I, other than looking back, you do have to look forward and your absolutely. fingers are crossed for county fairs because, I mean, fair season is what, two, three months away? Yeah, absolutely. We're very hopeful and I know that our staff who are working in each of the 102 counties around the state are actively talking with their county fair boards. We are separate from the fairs. They are a collaborator and partner, um, but as they're figuring out what fairs will look like, we're also partnering and trying to figure out all of the different scenarios in which we can still make sure that everyone's Safe. That's always our number one priority, but that um, we can look for those opportunities where we might be able to safely gather. It might not look exactly the way it has in the past, and I expect it'll vary from county to county just in terms of the size, uh, the number of youth who would normally be gathering the facilities and so forth, but we're very hopeful about this year. Dr. Lisa Diaz, University of Illinois Extension 4-H Assistant Dean and Director. Thanks for listening to The Cities with Jim Mertens. And watch The Cities Thursday nights at 7, Sunday afternoon at 4, and Monday night at 6 on WQPT, PBS for the Quad Cities region. WQAD Podcast Network.